Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 225. Great to have you along. I'm Mark Hebsher, and over there is Toronto Mike. I never know which direction I'm pointing in. You know, it used to be on camera for TV. It was like, all right, you know, you're looking straight. Jim is to your right. Really, your monitor is over there. Now, it, you know, whenever I see stuff, sometimes it's backwards, pointing this way when you want to go that way. Anyway, here we are in uh, beautiful Technicolor video and in, um, I believe, 8K audio. Uh, 16, I think. 16K audio. Mark Hebsher and uh, Toronto Mike. And uh, the Leafs win in overtime last night. Norm Powell goes. Kyle Lowry stays. A terrific all-female hoops broadcast. But was it a one-off or will we see more of that? Because it was good. Would the Leafs do an all-female broadcast? Would the Blue Jays do an all-female broadcast? The challenge is out. (laughs) Is Dan Shulman on the broadcasting hot seat? Not because he's not a female, but because he's going to have to do yeoman's work as a radio and television commentator, a hybrid, as it were. Talk about that. The NHL fires referee Tim Peel because he dared to mention something that's been going on for years. Even up calls, makeup calls, directing the flow of the game. So we'll talk about that as well. Sports radio takes another big hit, this time in Vancouver, where they blew out three more big names a couple weeks after they shuttered the entire all-sports station. Wow. What the hell is going on? Wow. And if you know someone, a young person that wants to get into the media business, sports media business, what would you tell them? (laughs) Oh, I want to be a radio sports talk show host. There's only three of them in the whole country now, it seems. (laughs) Um, And what's tougher? Mike, playing a 1,000 NHL games playing a thousand NBA games or since their schedule is twice as long playing 2000 major league baseball games. What's tougher. What's, what's more difficult to achieve. It's all up for discussion, but first let's say hi to Toronto, Mike, again, anything exciting happened to you in this rainstorm, any flooding at your place? Like at my no, house, but I could hear it. Like it's been, I was thinking when was the last time you could hear rain coming down? It feels like it hasn't rained in forever. Is that just like, you know, I noticed because as you know, I like to get on my bike every day. (laughs) Have you ever seen the rain? Yeah. No, but, but it, uh, I could hear it, uh, coming down last night. That's for sure. I got to check for flooding down here. Oh, I, we had it. I had it here in the basement apartment, but compared to yesterday, I mean, yesterday afternoon, you could, you knew the bad weather was coming and people were getting in their last few minutes or hours of, Outdoor enjoyment. Out the patios were packed down where I am. People were out in the parks. It was amazing. And you could sort of see them going, you know, this could be it for a while. It was like summer degrees. That was that was my first, believe it or not, that was the first day I wore shorts on a bike ride this year. Was yesterday. I played golf on Monday. I heard I saw the pictures. Golf, where are you playing? Where were you playing? We found a place in Port Perry. A crosswinds isn't open yet. Not for another week or so, although they said they're opening soon. Um, but it just, the weather got so great that this particular course is, you know, yeah, we're open 30 bucks to play all day. Wow. And drove out there and, and just had a wonderful time. It was gorgeous. You're, you're a diehard here. What was your score? How did you shoot? I shot 86 from the ladies tees. Well, the front tees they're called, they're called the front tees because all, uh, this early in the season, they don't want to make up all the different tee boxes, right? right. They have to maintain them and whatever. So they just open one tee box, which is the furthest forward. Well, I realize now there. I heard this story because you were on Humble and Fred That's this right. week. Well, you asked me the same question that Humble and Fred asked me. So there you go. All right. 86. That let's sounds get good. to this big show. Okay. On Wednesday night, TSN, the sports network, not Toronto sports network, the 
Sports Network, TSN, made broadcast history when an all-female cast and crew covered the Raptors-Denver Nuggets game. The Raptors had lost nine in a row, but on this night, why is this night different from all other nights? Because on this night, the Raptors broke their nine-game winning streak with the entire production crew and announcing crew being of the female gender. Never happened before. They did an outstanding job. Everybody involved. Great job. And let's face it, they had a great game to cover. And that nine-game losing streak, you know, ended. And everybody was pretty excited about it. But it happened just prior to the trade deadline. And instead of everybody patting each other on the back for a job well done, and it was, TSN should have followed that up the next day by having at least a couple of those women on the air to cover the NBA trade deadline when they knew that Kyle Lowry and or Norm Powell for sure would be dealt, right? If the, if, if the Raptors weren't going to make any deals, I, I could see them saying, ah, eh, we're not going to cover it as much. But this is the same network that covers a thousand hours of NHL trade deadline with, I don't know how many people are involved <laughs> in that production. Right. On air, there's got to be 15 people involved and who knows how many behind the scenes. But for, for, but for TSN to do the same for basketball, of which they cover many, many, many Raptors games is an absolute crying shame and a slap in the face to all the women that did that broadcast and yet may never get a chance to follow up. The perfect chance would have been the next day. I would have liked to have heard from Kia Nurse. I would have liked to have heard from Kayla Gray or Megan McPeak. I would have liked to have heard from somebody on TSN. It could have been Jack Armstrong, Leo Routens, Rob, it doesn't matter. But why wouldn't you have brought those women back the next day? Not to pat on the back, say, good job last night, because they did. They were professionals, all of them. But, it, but to allow them to continue with their coverage, their expertise, their commentary, and perhaps future members of the TSN Raptors broadcast crew. How tough is that? How big a stretch is that? But instead, the idiots at TSN are like, okay, congratulations, girls. You got your game in there, and we'll get a day's worth of social media. And then as soon as the next game comes, it's all forgotten. <clears throat> so my suggestion is this, Mike, and I hate mm-hmm. to say it. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a one-off. They never planned on having these women get together again to be part of a thing. It was like, let's do it once and then hope it grows from there. Where what they should have done is said, let's take, like Kia Nurse to me is a star. I wanted to hear from her as a guard to talk about Norm Powell, to talk about Kyle Lowry, what it's like to be traded. She was just traded a while ago too, Kia Nurse. So that expertise I want. No offense to Jack Armstrong or Leo Routens, who haven't really been involved in the game in a long time. Kia Nurse is an active player in the WNBA. So why wouldn't I want to, if I heard from her the night before doing color commentary on the, J, on the uh, Raptors Nuggets game, why wouldn't I want, I want to hear her the next day on TSN, that same station? talking about the trade deadline, talking about Lowry, how important he is to the franchise, Norm Powell, breaking down the trade. It was terrible. And, and did Sportsnet do any better? No. And in fact, I tweeted out yesterday morning, what kind of local coverage are we going to have? Uh, Raptors TV? Nothing. Nothing. They replayed a game from the night before. Sportsnet, which covers the Raptors a lot too. Guess what they were on, Mike? At three o'clock. Okay, mm-hmm. Michael Grange and Brad Fay on Sportsnet One, not which I, a lot of people don't get. You don't get it, do you? 
I don't, you don't get pay it, for no. the premium. I don't get it. So you wouldn't have gotten any coverage at all because you didn't pay the premium for Sportsnet <laughs> One. But the other thing was Sportsnet, Ontario and Pacific and the West, you know what they had on? A two-year-old poker tournament. Oh, wow. So as I'm flipping to Sportsnet going, where's Grange? He said he was going to be on at three o'clock. I went, wait a minute. They wouldn't put it on Sportsnet One. And they did. And that to me is does a disservice to Raptors fans, to NBA fans. And when you compare it to the way they cover hockey and the NHL trade deadline, it's a fucking crying shame. Wow. On fire. Hebsey, where do I start here? Uh, if I may, we all know why they go wall to wall with hockey coverage on NHL trade deadline day. We exact, we know exactly why there's a, they put everybody there, Duffy and Dreger and the whole gang. You know why? Do you know why? Mike, we're talking about their coverage of NBA. Right. All right. right. I, I, we all know about hockey. The right. Raptors have been around for many years. Have they ever done they won this? a championship two years ago? Right. They cover their games. They cover them on their sportscast. They do live broadcasts. Of sure. It. They, they own the team partly. Yeah. Have they- not, I mean, we're not, we're not compared. We, we understand that there's seven NHL teams in Canada and there's one NBA team. We understand that. 60% of all players or more are from Canada, which means everybody who watches in Canada has like one degree of separation <laughs> from an NHL player. Right. Not true in the NBA. It's catching up. It may never be that. You're right. not going to have 60% of all NBA players be <laughs> from Canada. But the point is, is that there are enough players from Canada and a Canadian team that's in the spotlight that justifies more than the minimal coverage they had and for TSN to just click on to ESPN's feed of the jump, which is a great show with Rachel Nichols and expect them to talk only Raptors without having even a cut in, even like a five minute cut in top of the hour. All right, here's Rod. Here's Leo. Here's uh, Kate. Here's sure. Kayla. Somebody. I, I hear you. I hear you. It's just ridiculous. I, I might, I might even agree that they should be covering NBA trade deadline, but uh, they never have because it, Apparently, it doesn't bring in enough eyeballs. That was the time to do it. And they don't have to cover wall-to-wall. Do a five-minute insert, okay? Mm. You're going to have people there for your afternoon sportscast for sports desk or whatever they call sports center. Why not have them come in a little bit early? I know it's a couple bucks more. You've got experts. They're sitting sitting there twiddling their thumbs while Rachel Nichols and Richard Jefferson and and Kendrick Perkins and everybody at at ESPN is doing their thing and occasionally mentioning Raptor stuff. And then when they finally come to Michael Grange and Brad Fay, they're, oh, you guys are on. They're scrambling to try to get information. Right. Uh, Michael Grange even said, I'm waiting for Woj, Adrian yeah, Wojnowski, who's bomb. like, you know, yeah. the NBA insider. Sure. He's waiting to hear from Woj any right. details on Lowry or on Powell. I mean, it's just sad because they don't get the support from the network. TSN and Sportsnet should be saying, guys, we're doing all this Raptor stuff. The Raptors are hugely popular. Mm-hmm. They just did an all-female broadcast. Let's get in on that. No. No, I like how you're thinking because it would. You're right. And at three o'clock today, how many of us were like checking our Twitter feed? Like, is Lowry still a Raptor? Like, it was that was a, quite the moment at three p.m. yesterday. They missed a golden opportunity, especially Mike, on the ba- on the heels of a feel good moment in TV sports history. A feel good moment. You know, I think a lot of people watched that broadcast and were waiting for them to fail or go. Oh no, no, we don't like that. We want to. We want to hear Jack and we want to hear you know Matt and we want to hear Leo and Rod, but not. I didn't see one negative because it was a good broadcast. They're professionals and they did a great job. Should that be a huge surprise? Maybe to some people it is, but to not follow that up the next day is a crime. 
if I'm one of those girls and I'm going, well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping on TSN the next afternoon at two o'clock or three o'clock. Okay, there's the jump. There's Rachel Nichols. There's ESPN. Where's the TSN coverage? Where's the TSN expertise? Where's the Raptors angle? Where's Josh Lewinberg, who's a great reporter, but you end up hearing his stuff sort of after the fact. Why sure. wouldn't they stick him on? They cut in. Let's go to Josh Lewinberg. Josh, what do you know? Who are you talking to? What's happening? Nothing. Ridiculous. Yeah. For what it's worth, I like the Norm Powell deal because he was gone anyway. Right. But I would have liked some local perspective. I would like some type of a, if you knew he was gone, put a little package together of Norm Powell highlights. Right. Say, so, you know, here's a guy that played, wasn't expected much from. He remember that great shot that he hit in the playoffs. A little retrospective. Like, um, I don't want to say a eulogy. But you know what I mean, like a sports eulogy. A tribute, he hasn't maybe. died, but he's left the team. Yeah, Let's like look a, back at his a career. Tribute to a guy, you know, a, he's a homegrown guy too. We, we, you know, you don't, you, 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 these guys that you drafted, you develop, right. uh, they mean a lot more to us. They missed the boat, and they did a disservice to their uh, listeners. The last time I'm going to say this, but they did a disservice to those female broadcasters, especially the on-air broadcasters, who should have been called back, or or not not called back. They should have been told, you know what, guys, we're doing that game. We're, we're putting you all in a hotel or whatever. And then the next day you're coming back in the early afternoon and we're going to do some coverage. Cause I looked at their schedule and it's not like they had great programming on that. They had to preempt at two o'clock in the afternoon right. and to do a cut in is the easiest thing in the world. They go to commercial at ESPN. You've got, you know what you see their production schedule say, okay, we're taking a commercial at six minutes after the hour. Right. And it's going to be a four minute commercial block or whatever. That's where TSN is perfect. That's where we, Okay, let's join Kayla Gray. Let's join Kate Burness. Let's join Kia Nurse. Talk about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so why do you think they, they never have any uh, NBA trade day coverage? Uh, they just simply don't think it'll be watched by Canadians? Well, I, you don't have to have 12 hours worth, but come on. Two hours prior to the deadline, you can't put a cuff. Come on, Mike. From I know. One to three or one to four? Come on. I'm with you, buddy. Terrible. That's, you're right. Terrible. And like I said, for what it's worth, I like the Powell deal. I got Gary Trent Jr., who's a damn good player. He's 22 years old. Yeah, people are sad to lose Norm. You were going to lose him anyway. Right. Think he was going to pick up his own option for 11 mil. Right. You can make 20, 25 million dollars a year. Right. So no brainer. All right? right. And the Matt Thomas deal and the Terrence Davis trades uh, had to be done because you've got to collect some draft choices. And they got a second round pick in each. And it, it'll be a decent pick. And Norm Powell was a second round pick. Can I drop a fun fact on you? Yeah. So in the NBA currently playing, there are three Garys. Yeah, they all got traded. All were traded yesterday. All so yesterday. all the Garys were traded. Well, you know, you found, how did you find that out from me? I saw I it on Twitter. Was it you? One. Okay, so thank These you. These are the Garys I know, I know. Oh, These I saw are the Garys your, I know. That is true. I saw your reply. And of course, this is not but the that, first but time. But that's a great stat. That's and, funny. The yeah. only three guys named Gary in the NBA all got traded. <laughs> and if you're having deja vu as a Raptor fan, this is not the first time, you know, we acquired Gary Trent uh, right. in, in a deal with Portland. We got his dad back in the 90s. <laughs> right. Was, um, but from the same prime. team, right? From the same team. Yeah, from Portland. Which is wild, too. Yeah. Who they play, by the way, Sunday night. You're going to see Norm Powell in a Portland Trailblazers uniform. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, they've got uh, Phoenix tonight. And hey, the trade that didn't happen yeah. was the biggest story of them all. <laughs> yeah. Because when, when we found out from ESPN that tr Kyle Lowry was not going to be traded, it was as if we had just made the biggest trade ever. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, right. they didn't trade him. Great, good. I love that. Do you though? Because I, I think that now he may be in a position, Kyle Lowry, to say, you know, I think I'd like to stick another year or stick around another year. And maybe signs a two-year deal with the Raptors. 
And, and okay, he's going to get less minutes, but he's going to help. How can he not help, you know, the youngsters on this team? How, how can his attitude not help the Raptors become a contender again? So I love the fact that they didn't. And I love the fact that Masai Ujiri said, you think we're giving him away? No way. And I'm sure they went to Lowry and said, what do you think, Kyle? Where would you like to go? And if we can make it happen, we will. But Kyle, if we can't get full value for you, we're not going to trade you. What, like, well, I'm curious what year, I wish I could go to like another timeline in the universe here and see what would Hebsey say today if they had traded Kyle Lowry to the Heat or something last Depends what they got for him. Okay. Because this was one of those- You know I, they wanted? What? They wanted this kid, Tyler Harrow. They were going to get Kelly Olynyk, Sure. The Canadian. But they, they wanted Tyler Harrow. But he's on a rookie contract. And if you've got a player on a rookie mm -hmm. contract, you know, and he's in, under team control. Mm-hmm. You're not trading that guy. He's a great player too. And I think that's what the Raptors would have wanted. And um, Masai Ujiri was not, and Bobby Webster were not going to go off of that. And then they said, the heck with it. We're going to go get Victor Oladipo. And once that happened, then, it, you know, Miami was out of the picture. And right. I don't know what Philadelphia offered, but whatever it was, it wasn't enough for Masai. And he said, nope. So the announcement that Kyle Lowry was staying was met by me with the same reaction as I would have, if it would have been a blockbuster deal for a great player. I, yeah, right. uh, absolutely. I saw your uh, exuberance on Twitter for sure. And by the way, since we're talking about trades, uh, there's another acquisition we need to discuss very briefly. I'm just keeping an eye on the activity on your YouTube page. And Andrew says, uh, don't forget the other acquisition yesterday, your new blue 22. That's right. Can you see it behind me in the screen there? The Ken uh, Baum, Baumgartner jersey? I do see a number 22 jersey. Yeah, it's not Rick Vine. So you know that I grew up as a Leaf fan. Born in Toronto, Rays, Leafs. Frank Mahovlich was my favorite player. Davey Keon was second. And I'm always looking for Leafs memorabilia. Because back in the day, you couldn't just pick up a jersey with a name on it. You'd have to go to Doug Laurie Sports, order it, custom made. It would cost you hundreds of dollars and take right. weeks. Right. You know, three little old ladies stitching it in Cuba somewhere. I don't know. And now you can pick up a jersey anyway. And so I'm in Kensington Market, which is about 10 minutes from my house. I shop there often. And I spot in one of those vintage stores, you know, the stores I'm talking about, yeah. with the racks of clothes for $5, $8, $12. I see Leaf jersey. I see Ken Baumgartner jersey. Wow. A blue Leaf jersey with Baumgartner. Wow. First thing I thought of was, wow. Who would have gone out and gotten a Ken Baumgartner jersey back in 1993, four or five? And why would they get rid of it? Right. Like, what did Kenny Baumgartner do that you threw out at the Ken Baumgartner leaf jersey? Like, you held onto it that long. Like, yeah. keep it for life. And the other one was, how, how long has it been there for? Like, how long has oh. that jersey been sitting in that rack for? How many people have gone through that rack and went, Baumgartner, no. I'm looking for a Wendell Clark. I'm looking for a Matt Sundin. I'm looking for a, no, a Phil Kessel, a Brian See, Leach. It's punk. I think it's more punk to have a Ken Baumgartner than to have a 13 Matt Sundin. Right. But you know how much these jerseys cost, even at vintage stores? Like if you want a nice leaf jersey, a Sundin or whatever. What did oh, you pay for the uh, what did you pay for the Baumgartner jersey? 40 bucks. Wow. But what I did was when I saw yeah. the jersey and I saw the price, I took a picture of it and I tweeted it out. I yeah. said basically it's 40 bucks. Should I buy it? And I could not believe the response. Now I've got, I don't know, 5,000 Twitter followers, whatever it is. Yeah. But I could not believe how many people almost immediately within 15 minutes, this was in the <laughs> afternoon yesterday, right. saw the picture and went, get it, yeah. buy it. And if you don't buy it, I'll buy it. Tell right. me where, where are you? People are asking I'll where I was. I'll give you $40 like, to buy that jersey. <laughs> 50 people. Somebody offered me 80 bucks. <laughs> 
Right, right off the bat. A guy, uh, one guy offered me, he's got a Link Gates jersey. That's a, a, a former Minnesota North Star, a real okay. thug, okay. bad guy. And he would trade me a Link Gates jersey for a Ken Baumgartner jersey. Wow. So the response was, and people like, um, like Ken Reed of Sportsnet, and just like tons of people who are into memorabilia, hockey cards, jerseys, yeah. you know what I mean? Colors, sure. logos, third jerseys. It's, it's crazy. So I posted it and hundreds of people, get it, get it. What a fine. So I bought it. And then I took a picture of me. Actually, my girlfriend took the picture of me standing outside the thing with a, with a Brett Laurie Blue Jays jersey flying there. And I'm going, I got one of those too. too. I got it. Yeah. I got a Brett Laurie. Uh, Number 13. Yeah, I got it for my buddy. So I got Kick. the bomber jersey on. Yeah. John Derringer, the morning man at Q107. Post, <laughs> did you get in any fights on the way home? <laughs> He's a big Leaf fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> So right. I did that. It was it was great. So thank you, Andrew, for the question. And I just want to thank say you. hello to a gentleman named uh, Sinclair Russell, who just discovered your your live Friday show, Hebsey on Sports, yes. and he's very excited because he's been looking for something just like this. So he's got his Hebsey back. Good. I'm glad you're excited. I am as well. Hmm. One thing that will kill that excitement every time <laughs> is the sound of a stupid air horn going off when a team scores a goal. In an empty arena. Right. I get it when there's fans there. It's still obnoxious and annoying when they're visiting team. But this is something that for years was exclusive only to Chicago Blackhawk fans. Right. At the Chicago stadium. It was a real ship's air horn, fog horn, they called it, that they had installed in the Chicago stadium. And when the Blackhawks scored, and it went off. It shook you to the, it shook the fillings in your teeth. Right. But it wasn't a long, it didn't go on for, for seconds and seconds. it was like, and that was about it. And then other arenas, oh, let's put in a sound. Detroit had this high pitched sound that I never liked. And in Ottawa, they have this one that goes off. It's like a 10 second long burst. So the first couple seconds, oh, that's cute. And then it's like, oh, God, is this annoying? Boy, is this annoying. This is like scratching fingernails on a blackboard. And then they stop it. And then they start it again. So it's like three blasts of like 10 seconds long each, which is just obnoxious. Right. Can we get rid of these? Especially in an empty arena. Come on. <laughs> Luckily, it only went off twice yesterday, Mike, because the Senators only scored two goals. And the last time a goal was scored, silence except for leaf players going yeah baby <laughs> justin hall drilling home the overtime winner in a 3-2 maple leaf triumph over ottawa and mike i've got to tell you mm -hmm. the final few minutes of regulation and the entire three-on-three -three overtime was gold can you bottle that for me and let the genie out of the bottle every game mm. i want to see sustained action like that 10 minutes worth 20 minutes worth last few minutes of regulation all of three-on-three -three overtime I love it. Anything that happened prior to that was awful. It was terrible hockey, missed passes, goaltenders that can't handle the freaking puck. Jack Campbell should still have a shutout streak going, Mike. But he proved that stopping the puck is way easier than handling the puck. Like it's a live grenade or something like that. <laughs> He's got the puck. If you don't get rid of that puck as a goalie within a second and a half, you're going to be in trouble. It's like the punt returner who decides to go this way and then says, no, no, I'm going to reverse my field. As soon as he reverses his field, he's got about a one in 10 chance of escaping, right? <laughs> right. He's just going to get into more trouble. Right. And the same thing with a goalie that overhandles a puck. I thought I was watching Jonathan Bernier there for a second. It's just <laughs> awful. 
And he gave away both goals. He gave them, and I'm sure, I didn't hear the quotes. I'm sure it was like, yep, it was on on me. Can't blame anybody. The Leafs played an amazing defensive game. But Jack Campbell was his own worst enemy. But luckily, in the overtime, the Leafs scored. And it's just fabulous sustained action. And I felt bad for the goalie for Ottawa, Anton Forsberg, who was like spectacular, making incredible saves. One on Austin Matthews just before the winning goal that I thought was an optical illusion. I thought, how could that puck not go in the net? What Leaf goalie do you think was the best at handling the puck? And and why was it Eddie Belfort? (laughs) Who was the best Leaf goalie at handling the puck? Yeah, and you're... Probably Mike Palmatier. Okay, okay. But I mean, in those days, the goalie was exactly, don't do that. But Palmatier was wild. If you look at old highlights of him, he's flopping all over. He's making double pad stack saves. He was the most unorthodox goaltender, the most unorthodox. And, and he realized at a time when his defense was a little weak, getting the puck out of their own zone, that he might you know, be able to help them out. But quite frankly, the best goalie I ever saw handling the puck was Ron Hextall. Right. He was tremendous. Right. He was like another defenseman out there. And if you went anywhere near him, he'd clobber you. And he has the uh, the goals to to back it up, right? He's got a two, I think. Doesn't he have two? I don't know. I can't remember anymore. But he got he got at least one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Leafs now with forty four points, two up on Winnipeg and Edmonton in the Gord Downey Division. Right. Thanks to uh, Jay Onright for that, <laughs> the Gord Downey Division, instead of the Northern Scotia Division or whatever that gets called. Uh, so we're up two up on Winnipeg and two up on Edmonton. Uh, the Oilers are in town tomorrow and Monday, and then guess where the Leafs go? Winnipeg for a pair next week, which I would consider to be big games. I don't like, like last night they were going, well, this is a big game. And I'm saying, <laughs> no, it's not. Like I like Jeff O'Neill. I like the guys on overdrive, but don't overstate something. It, it wasn't a big game. It wasn't a must win game for the Leafs and it wasn't a must win game for Ottawa. So don't tell me it was a big game and a tough loss. Bullshit <laughs> like that. Was it? It's another game off the schedule. It was, an, they're all important games. It's a big, Big game tonight. <laughs> Leafs have to beat Ottawa or else they're fucked. Come on. <laughs> I wish he had said that. That would have been cool. That would have been a good one. That would. Uh, good news for Canadian generals, ma- general managers, or generals manager. General uh, managers. General managers. It's, it's like inspectors general, it's right? Like fathers in law. Yeah. Fathers in law. I like that. One. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good news because the federal government has reduced the quarantine time from fourteen to seven days oh. for players who are traded from U.S based teams, which means that when the NHL trade deadline, which believe me, will be covered like wall to wall on April the 12th. um, At that point, general managers of us teams will be less reluctant to trade players to Canadian teams because the quarantine will only be seven days. The question is, if you're a Canadian GM, how badly do you want a guy that won't be able to play for a week when he arrives in Canada, which is not that severe, you know, one week is not I that bad. But it's been one week since you played for me. Oh. Shout out to the bare naked ladies, absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you ever play hockey? You know, Have you ever played hockey with any member of the bare naked ladies? I'll, I thought, okay, he plays a lot of hockey. Okay, cool. Well, this was a long time ago, and he sure. was a heavy smoker at the time, mm. so he was awful. His burst of speed was from the blue line to center, and that was he was bagged. <laughs> I remember we did, I was working at Global and we did a story on him. You know, what do the bare naked ladies do when they're not recording music or out on tour? Right. And we had Tyler playing with a bunch of other musicians. I think, I think Dave Bedini was part of that group. Well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He's always, uh, uh, no, involved. he plays for the more, he plays for a different group. That was anyway. 
But so a lot of lot of local musicians fun. like to play uh, get play hockey together. Well, musicians are like athletes because they work at night. They're used to cheering crowds, right. and they're envy not envious, but their other fantasy probably was to be a superstar athlete. And a lot of athletes are the same. They, their fantasy is to be a rock star or a performer. Sure, sure. So they they get along well <laughs> with each other, I guess. Um. The Blue Jays. Yes. Remember them? Uh, yes, um, I do. You could forget them because they're not on TV very often. Certainly not this spring. But their game tonight against the Phillies is on Sportsnet. And since it's their production, uh, we're going to get another simulcast on radio with Buck and Pat, which was tough to listen to. And I'm sure Buck and Pat were not paying attention to the fact that they were on radio as well. Okay, let's talk told, about just, this. Just do the game. Just do the game. Remind now, I reached me. out to Dan oh. Showman and he yes. returned. Okay, tell me and what Dan he, said. Well, basically, Dan, I mean, I if you read the Globe and Mail, I was in an article earlier this week being quoted along with Getty Lee, Bob McCowan, other Blue Jay All the experts, I guess, yes. on what it's like to listen to a simulcast and how the radio broadcast is so much different and should be separate from the TV broadcast. And Showman told me that it's a really tough situation for him. I, he didn't say I, I hate it, but you could sort of tell that he doesn't like being in this position at all because he's got to do his absolute best to serve the radio and television audience in what's going to be a hybrid type of broadcast. And I had said, if anybody can pull it off, it's Dan Shulman and Buck, but Dan for sure, because he's done radio and he's a very, very good radio. I would much prefer to hear Dan Shulman right. do the radio broadcast of a game. Right. He's just so good. Yes. Agreed. agreed. And he, but he said, I'm only doing road games. Okay, I'm not let, doing any of the games from Dunedin or Buffalo. That's Pat and Buck doing a TV game of which the radio simulcast will not sound as good as when Dan Showman is doing the road games for Sportsnet, which are also simulcast on the fan. Okay, so to be clear, though, just because this is an interesting point. So when games are at the Blue Jays' home field, wherever the hell that is, it's Dunedin. It, right now, probably it's till June. Probably till June because okay. the weather gets ridiculously hot. In so, Florida then, and they'll likely move to Buffalo. So then. Buck and Pat are in person, like they're at the game calling it. Well, wait a second now. I think Buck is in Dunedin. I think Pat is at his home. In oh. No, no, Pat would have been down in Dunedin. That's Okay, right. so they're at the but game. But I don't know if Pat's going to stay. I don't know if Pat's going to stay in Dunedin the whole summer. Uh, I don't know. Okay, because that, that's my feel. That's what I, when they go on the road, what does Pat do? Does he go home to Ohio? Yeah, Probably. Uh, but uh, but I'm not game... that concerned. As long as the <laughs> games are televised and I can hear them on radio. Okay. And when game when the Blue Jays are on the road, then it's uh it's gonna be Buck and Dan, uh, Dan, Dan and, and Dan's at his home here in Toronto calling it. That's right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, and I'm with you, but I did not hear the uh Buck and Pat radio simulcast. Can you be more specific? Like what was missing? I didn't expect much. They were not told, I'm sure, to consider the radio audience. Work on, it must be difficult enough to be in two different locations, not being at the field to try to put a broadcast together where you don't sound like you're doing it from a hermetically sealed booth. Right. So I'm sure that the producer said, like, don't worry about the radio part. Forget that. We need to do a good TV broadcast. It's spring training for the broadcasters too, remember. And especially you're doing it from a different location. No, you know, few fans there. I, I don't know how much production value they're putting into their spring training games. So it's odd, but I listened to it and it sounded like two guys who were doing a TV broadcast and you were listening to their, happened to be listening to their audio only. 
So not describing the pitch. Here's the pitch. None of that. Um, look here. Look at on the replay. So not thinking, oh, for those of you on radio, this is what I'm looking at. Not at all. It was just the stripped audio from the TV broadcast. And it sounded like it. Do you think- I'm scoring the game at home. I can't figure out. <laughs> right. Was that 6-3? Was that a fly ball to deep right center? Was it deep left center? I don't think they care about radio audience <clears throat> at all. They don't. <clears throat> it's like obvious that they don't because they're not doing a dedicated broadcast. Right. Ben, ben Wagner is on the Sportsnet TV broadcasts. Right, right. Well, he's lucky. He's lucky. He still got the gig, right? <laughs> they could have cast him off so. of Wilner, I guess. But okay, so clearly, Sportsnet has decided like we don't care about radio. The radio listeners don't make us any money, and they'll they'll get what they get, and they'll like it, or they can go you know jump off a cliff because all the money is in the TV broadcast. And a lot of people, not you obviously, but a lot of people like if they're out barbecuing or whatever, enjoying a nice afternoon, they'll have their device with them, their phone or their tablet or something, and then they will stream the Sportsnet television game on that device so well, they won't know a difference they could right. either stream the sportsnet video which would cost them bandwidth or they can stream the, just any audio sure. from but then when they hear uh, or the fan 590 audio when buck does his whole get out of your ball it's gone or whatever he does uh then they could turn their eyes to the screen and watch the replay of the homer and all that kind of stuff so i i, I, I don't think they care about radio and we got to kind of accept that no. they don't care about radio no they don't so it's obvious to see they're the only N um, team in all of major league baseball that doesn't have a dedicated right. radio that was the first that clue that was the first clue what does that tell you? <laughs> uh so the jays are going to be exciting we know that uh the starting pitching is a question mark after ryu who who starts tonight against philadelphia uh and the bullpen now is a question mark because kirby yates we hardly knew ye <laughs> He's going yeah. for UCL surgery, so he's out for two years or whatever. Well, so forget about that. But well. George Springer, Marcus Simeon, Bo Bichette, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Kevin Biggio Jr. Sorry, Kevin. Teoscar <laughs> Hernandez Jr., Rowdy Telez Jr., Danny Jansen Jr. <laughs> They're all geniuses. What a squad. That's pretty good. I'm looking forward to these guys. Maybe with the best hitting lineup in the American League East. Maybe. Because they're raking down there. They are raking it. And there isn't a soft spot in that batting order. From what I can see, it's not, not the first five or six. And they'll be fun to watch as long as we don't have to endure the Yankee broadcast much more because those guys are horrible. I don't know what they were doing the other day, but they had three guys in remote locations and the third guy was on a delay. So every time the third guy, I don't know who it was, went to say something, he was talking over another guy because he was getting their conversation two or three seconds later than right. the other two guys. So it was like three guys in three different time zones with three um, different amounts of time delays. Yeah, that's tough. That, well, we know that's just, tough. Even us, we're in the same city, but it can be tough. Exactly. Uh, do you think there's any chance the Jays go and get uh, Osuna back? Is there any possibility? No. I'm just it would asking. be a public got, relations disaster. I'm just asking the big question here. A disaster. Agre that guy I agree. is so forgotten now. Right. You I don't just, think that he did some pretty bad stuff when he was here. You don't oh, think oh, that no. he was. I think it would be a PR disaster to bring him back. But, I mean, they didn't. I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm not even equating these two things. But, you know, wow. Springer uh, was, everybody rejoiced when he came, even though, you know, previously we were all kind of angry at well, the we cheater. At all, at all of the Houston. <laughs> I'm not equating what Springer did with Osuna in any regard. Them. But that wasn't a, I mean, we all overlooked that easily. But Osuna coming back would be a PR disaster, no doubt. Mike, you, you, you can't even. No, I, I'm not. I'm not equating. Mention them. the two in the same sentence. You can't. Well, you, two completely. That's okay things. as long as you don't completely equate the two. Things. Had Springer been run out of Toronto because of a 
gambling or cheating scandal or whatever. And then he had rehabilitated himself, gone to Gamblers Anonymous, or served sure. a suspension. I could see saying, all right, you can bring him back. He's been rehabilitated. But I don't think you could do that with Roberto Asuna. No. No, the outrage. Uh, holy smokes. Right. Especially now. Uh, so I want to ask you this, Mike. Do yeah. you think the Blue Jays or Maple Leafs would ever consider putting together an all-female broadcast like the Raptors did? And if so, who would they have on that broadcast? Well, my answer is they're already planning it. Like, this is for sure. Who is? For, I don't know this for a fact. I'm speculating that for sure it's on their uh, blueprint here, something they want to do. I think that this oh, there's is... there's no chance. Really? No. Okay, somebody uh, take a timestamp of this because I'm going to play done. this. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. The only way you can do this is if you promise that you're going to follow up, that this is going to be, mm, let's say, an on-air audition for future opportunities to do live, play-by-play, televised sports. Well, did the t- did TSN promise that when we got the all-woman uh, crew this week? Obviously not, or else no. they would have followed up the next day with was- trade deadline stuff, which leads me to believe that their idea was, let's do it, pat ourselves on the back, and move on. And my idea is this. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. You see what's happening in the broadcast world? Yeah, it's shrinking. <laughs> How long have Jack Armstrong, Leo Routens, Sam Mitchell, Rod Black been doing Raptors games? Long time. I'm not going to include Matt Devlin because Matt is sort of um, out of that equation. He, he He's a play-by-play guy for life. Well, a couple of those you know, guys. For, pretty much sure. for life. Okay. Having said that, that doesn't yeah. mean that some of the games – might go to another well he'll need vacation time and things like that right and yeah, stuff like that. okay but two of those guys you mentioned uh rod black and leo rodens i'm i think they're day one guys yeah so i what what i'm saying to you is if you're them do you are you looking over your shoulder now going oh geez we better watch we better up our game because if not um my job is going to be taken by kayla gray and your job is going to be taken by kate Burness, and maybe his job might be taken by kia nurse and Megan McPeak might take that job. Is that a possibility? Is it a reality? Yeah. Or are these women kind of SOL? They did their one off. No, no, no. Thanks. Uh, no, now now that they got like a, a real game, if you will, a real game under their belt, I, I think that you're absolutely right. And I think you could look at the uh, mainstream media as a whole and say, and I, how do I say this? This is not my show. It's Hebsey's show. But like, if you are a straight white guy, you better know that you you don't have that old-fashioned uh, guarantee of a gig absolutely the the desire to diversify is strong and yeah. old especially older but not just older but straight white guys are not uh, part of the diversification strategy what if you're a super knowledgeable entertaining um dynamic white guy mm-hmm who has experience in broadcasting and deserves a chance to climb up the ladder. It's tough, eh, Hebsey? Because um, we're experiencing sort of like a market correction, if you will. Uh, I, I always felt like the well, on-air people should be uh, reflective of the community. So uh, it hasn't been for a long time, and we've been very critical of that. And I, I've noticed it slowly changing, where it's starting to reflect more. And, yeah. and I will say, although, as we've talked, right, there's one woman of color at Sportsnet that I I believe only one woman of color at Sportsnet at this moment uh, on the air I'm talking about 
and her name is Hazel May. And there's two, although things that, that broadcast makes it a little muddy, like who is a TSN person and who isn't. But it was Kayla Gray and, uh, yeah, uh, Reyes. Uh, yeah, is she, is she a TSN personnel? Like, it, got, it gets <clears throat> a little muddy. Nurse? Yeah, like, is she yeah. a TSN personality now? Like, is she well, part of the Well, I mean, roster? she's been on the basketball broadcast, and she's been an analyst in the studio and, and for she's, a good part of the season. And she's very... Very good, which I think is most important. Very here. good. Yeah, I know. Isn't she though? She's a superstar. Remind me. And what's... no offense. Yeah. No offense to the women that are doing other sports. Yeah. But she's the best. And the reason for that is she's not only is she articulate, but she is uh, an active WNBA player. And so young. Eh? If like... you could find me an active um, uh, female hockey player, active right now, sure. that is as glib and articulate. Yeah. As Kia Nurse, put her on the air. Find find this one. Put her on the air. Right, right. Because it doesn't matter that she's a female. Right. She's good. And can it you doesn't re- matter that she's a black female. Right. She's good. What's, period. Megan's last name is what again? McPeak. So completely she, didn't know of her until I watched her the other day. Well, by she the does. Way. She did. Uh, she did the. I'm trying to think of the Raptors. Raptors 905 is is their farm team. Yeah. She did the, I think the Washington Mystics, whoever their oh. uh, WNBA farm team is. Okay. She did those games. She's okay. done a lot of basketball play-by-play. But I mean, because I didn't know her at all mm-hmm. when I watched that, I was thoroughly impressed because she was she was quite good. Like I thought it was a great team, her and Kia. It was the chemistry was very good. And that's the thing. The chemistry was good. That's so, what you've got. So to have. of course, of course. The you know the 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 older straight white guys who have been there forever, uh, of course they should they definitely need to be looking over their shoulder because uh, they're they're you know there's a there's a yeah. new uh, new generation of talent so, uh, coming up. So if you're producing these games, if you're the high foreheads at TSN, right? Are you planning on transitioning all or some of the women that were on the air the other night into more full time roles or or more often on the airwaves. Uh, for sure. Kate and Kayla are already there, right? Like they're already regular presence on the game. Those two, uh, Kate Burness and uh, Kayla Gray. Yes. So uh, I think a hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I mean, you can say one and done like as a stunt, which is like an all woman crew, which is kind of a stunt, right? But the actual, the fact that uh, many of these women are going to appear more often on uh, basketball coverage on, at TSN. You hope. I'm sure of it. And like, what, time will tell. I'd like to think not just NBA games, but what about all the basketball that TSN covers? They yeah. have the Canadian women's, um, the CIAU, what do they call it now? U Sports. Right. You sure. those? Uh, yeah, everywhere. Is like, there I international noticed... basketball that they have an opportunity to do? For sure. Qualifying for World Championships, Olympics. And don't forget March Madness, right? TSN's <clears throat> got March, the... Uh, well, March the... Madness, that's more studio cuttings, and I get yeah, that. Right. I get that. But March Madness now includes the women's NCAA mm. tournament. Absolutely. Which, yeah. So there's more opportunities to do basketball. For sure. Are there going to be opportunities to do baseball? Are there opportunities to do hockey? Well, why wouldn't that follow? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like just why wouldn't that follow? And it's not going to happen overnight here, right? I'm but, not an exec. If I were, I'll tell you right now, I'd make changes. I think they're all meeting Not immediately, right now. but I'd be looking down the road to say, here's the way my future panel looks. Here's my future broadcast team. Yeah. Now, you know, if you had said this question to me, I don't know, a month ago, like if you were going to do an all-female broadcast of the Raptors, who would be on the roster? Like, I didn't know of Megan at that time. And who's the other woman who co-hosted with Kate Burness? 
Oh, that's uh, she's really good. That's Amy Otterberg. Yeah, so I didn't. She was. Uh, I think she. Yeah, no, she's the women's coach at Ni- uh, not Niagara College. Sorry, Brock University. Yeah, sure. But she was a big star at Niagara College. Okay. Good, so a lot of international um, experience and very again very effusive. Uh, very good, I thought, on the desk with Caperness. Caperness, yeah. So yeah. It did this, and if we call it a stunt, whatever it was, it what it did was it gave exposure to these talented broadcasters, like it, yeah. it, people like me and you, especially me who didn't know a couple of them, got to see their work, and basically that's sort of your gateway to being a regular presence on broadcast. As you need the to, the thing is, they know their stuff, and they're considerably younger than the guys that we've been watching. And no offense again to these guys who have had good runs. But I think today, especially the further you are away from the game, mm-hmm. like Jack Armstrong was a great coach for Canisius college many years ago. Mm-hmm. And let's face it has developed a great following. Yeah. He's got Big great time. shtick. He knows his stuff. He, the way he articulates the way he does games. He's popular. He's too. got a, he's got a great, very popular style, but unless we hear some of these women more often, We'll never know what kind of style they have, how good they are. We do know this with Kia Nurse, mm-hmm. for sure. She's a superstar. But I believe if these other women got the same kind of exposure, <clears throat> excuse me, we would find out how knowledgeable they are, how entertaining they are. And it doesn't matter their gender. If they're good at what they do, sure, put them on the air. Now, the challenge will be sort of like when you have two guys who want the ball all the time and you're like, wait, we only have one ball. Like it's so, right. so the challenge will be, of course, to find that hybrid model where, you know, and maybe it will, maybe very one good or- analogy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So the, you know, we might have to say goodbye to some of the longtime broadcasters we've had, even since day one, simply like, I mean, I, and I love Rod Black. Is it not He's, happening in every other sport. Is it it's not happening, happening all, all over, over the, the broadcast place. Bit? Any day oneers. Hey, you're here since day one. Right. Been here a number it's of the years. Uh, retirement you for your tour. Service. Like, here's a cake for you, Rod Black, who I quite, quite like. I had back to back episodes of Rod Black like a month ago. I really like Rod Black, but it's like, let's, here's the, or maybe Rod, you're, you're figure skating man or CFL guy. And maybe we have room on the NBA broadcast for a, a different perspective. I think Sam Mitchell can go. I like Sam Mitchell. It's fine. But Sam Mitchell was the coach of the Raptors uh, dozens of years ago, whatever it was. <laughs> He's further away from the game. And why couldn't you put Kayla or why wouldn't you put Kia nurse in Sam Mitchell's spot? Like say, right. Sam, it was great. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm sure you can find right. a gig somewhere else. Maybe you don't have another broadcasting gig. I'm sorry for that. Blah, 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 blah. But we need to have Kia nurse on the air. And the WNBA schedule is directly opposite the NBA. They don't, they don't right. go up against the NBA. Right. So her off season is broadcasting season for her if she wants, and she's good. Yeah, yeah. The gigs anyway. is if she wants it. <laughs> maybe she doesn't want. Maybe so, she wants to make real money somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know how much she's being paid in the WNBA, and she's living know. in Phoenix, and I don't know. Who knows? <clears throat> Excuse me. More changes in the all sports radio world, Mike. There's more coming to the Fan Five Ninety. I can tell you right now, pretty soon in Toronto. But mm. a few weeks after one of Vancouver's all sports radio stations went dark, the other station. Sportsnet 650 rearranged their entire lineup and got rid of three prominent and well-paid broadcasters. Right. Do you know who? Oh, I, I know this, but I'll let you tell the story. because The morning show team of James Sobolski and Perry Solkowski, veteran broadcasters, gone. Their morning show duo, done. Replaced by the guys who did a thing called um, 
It was a, a curtain back blog. It was the curtain blog, Orland curtain back. Interesting. A former Vancouver Canuck and they've been around for years. I can't think of their names, but they're the new morning show. Well, there's no competition, <clears throat> right? And Andrew Walker. <laughs> yes. Your Andrew buddy, Walker. Andrew Walker. <laughs> F O T Andrew Walker. Gone. Gone. So all this talk about how great everybody is and all that. And they are, you could be fantastic. You could be the best at your job, but if management at that station decides that changes need to be made to save money, and you've got three guys that are probably making between the three of them, half a million, maybe more. Wow. And you got to cut costs and you can get somebody for $45,000 or $65,000 to do that job. Three guys at 65,000 each or 80,000 each to replace half a million or more in salary. You're going to do it. And don't think that it's not going to happen at the fan in Toronto. Don't think they're not going to sit there and go, we don't even have a program director yet. Do you think somebody like a Jeff Blair is in trouble? No. Jeff's solid because that baseball show that he does is great. He's been doing it for a number of years and he's a good journalist. I don't particularly, I, I, I don't warm to his voice. Do you know what I mean? Well, the reason but I, I ask it. is because we, we just acknowledged that uh, your, your salary might be the only uh, factor in these decisions. Oh, in a lot of cases, yeah. <laughs> so sure. it wouldn't matter that he's a good journalist because no doubt Blair, Jeff Blair is a good journalist. Hmm. I'm just, and I'm just spitballing with you. If you're going to look at it that way, then yeah, you've got to look at the highest salaried so, people at these places. So tell me, let's face it, yeah. Sportsnet, Bob McCowan, uh, Don Cherry, you know, big Don, uh, John Shannon, Doug McLean, Nick Kiprios, big money people. Right. We're the first ones to let go. You got to wipe those numbers off the books, replaced by people that aren't making as much money. So who's got a target I don't know how on much their money back. Anthony Stewart's making. I don't know how much they're paying Kevin Bexler, Cassie Campbell, uh, Anson Carter when he comes in. I don't know how much Freege makes. He makes a good buck. I don't know how much Chris Johnson makes or, or, or Sean McKenzie makes or Kyle Bukakis makes. I don't know. But I can tell you they're not making the bucks that, that Ron McLean's making. Right, right. Now, can, let me ask you, Hebsey, who at the Fan 590 right now uh, should be looking over their shoulder? All of them. Look at the way this business is. Nobody is safe. If I were to say to you, Mike, give me the name of a Toronto sports broadcaster whose job is so solid that they would never in a million years get rid of that person. Name me someone. Dan Schulman. No chance of Dan Schulman ever losing his job, right? Well, ESPN would have, he'd have, he has multiple and, no, jobs. I mean, in, in, in Sportsnet. <laughs> right. There's no way that Sportsnet would say, look, Dan, we can't afford you. You got to go. <clears throat> we had to get rid of the radio broadcast. Now we got to get rid of you. Not going to happen. Now, everybody else in sports media in Toronto, everyone else cannot say categorically that their job is safe. No one's going to go unless they got an ironclad contract. My job is safe. So you, James Duffy's job is pretty safe, I think, at TSN. He would have to do something really stupid to lose that job. And he's a good TSN boy. TSN is not going to go, oh, no, no, we got to cut. We got to cut Duffy. He makes too much money. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking in my head, like, like, so you think even a David Amber needs to be looking over his shoulder? Yeah, why not? I, I don't know. Only because we just talked about the need to diversify. Like, it feels like uh, he's such a solid whoa, broadcaster. Whoa. What if you replaced it, David Amber with a female of color? <clears throat> I know, but 
I don't know. This is all very tricky, except I it's feel very like... It's speculative, uh, but you're right. Nobody should feel safe in light of what's going on in the broadcasting business, and especially in sports broadcast. Well, that sucks, Hebsy. Like, you know what it's yep, like it to, to, to do your job when you know you're a dead man walking or you're looking over your shoulder. Like, that's that's bad for your health. It's bad for your yep. everything. It's uh, This business is eating its young. And people in Vancouver were shocked as well. And how shocked can you be when they just shuttered an entire radio station that had good ratings? Really? How? I, I can't listen to someone go, I am shocked anymore when they lose their job in broadcasting. I can't because you shouldn't have been shocked. Look what's going on around you. It's a bit shocking, though. It's a bit shocking because because TSN Radio in Vancouver turned into something else. I think it's a funny station or something. Whatever it turned into, can't even remember now. But uh, that is shocking because you now ha- you now own the sports radio in your city. And uh, these are known commodities. These three names were well-known in the market and had big yep. ratings. Because I don't know how good their ratings were. That's just it. Well, because I, I, I understand they you, got no, a no, bump. Hang on, hang on. The ratings were good on TSN 1040, which shuttered. Yeah. Did the management at 650 think that those people would come over and start listening to these sh- the shows of the morning show with Sobolski and Solkowski Probably. or uh, Andrew Walker's afternoon show? Right. And how long did it take them to realize, mm, you know what? This may not do it. This may not get us the numbers that we want, that we can go to advertisers. Remember, it's AM radio where we can go to advertisers and say, we want to charge this much for a commercial on this show. Now, suppose the advertiser said, oh yeah, that's okay. But boy, if you got those guys from the the curtain blog or you got this guy here or that woman there, maybe we would pay more for the spots. Huh? Maybe it's right up our demographic. Maybe, maybe we we don't see ourselves going in that same direction. Maybe we want to go this way now. Now is a perfect time. Reformat, not reformat, rejig the lineup. New morning show, new afternoon drive show, wow. new midday show, it's new everything. evening show. Yeah, blow it up. Rebrand okay. Sportsnet 650. <laughs> okay, now Andrew Walker, who listen, most listeners of Hebsey on Sports, well, you're a national presence actually, but a lot of GTA listeners know uh, Andrew Walker used to be with Greg Brady on the Fan yeah, they 590. Had, they had the morning show. They had good numbers on that show. Very good yeah, number. big number. They got blown up for Blundell, as I remember. I know. What a mistake, <laughs> Which was quite a mistake in hindsight. But, uh, and again, uh, so so who, what is the morning show, sorry, what is the afternoon drive in Vancouver right now? Like, what took over for Andrew Walker? Do you know? No, I have no idea. I don't care either because I don't listen to Vancouver No, radio. I mean, I know. I don't, except that you, sure you knew the morning show. So. Specific. Okay. I'm okay. sure it's three people who combined make, you know, $200,000. And, um. It's Canucks specific. And so what is a guy like, not that we know Andrew Walker. I know you're tighter with 150 uh, Greg, grand. But what, what, so, so that's, so, and I, I, my understanding is he had a little swagger in his step. Like he, I think his Twitter bio said King of Vancouver radio or something. Like he had a bit of yeah, that. That might've been a mistake. <laughs> and look, he wasn't a Toronto guy. He came no. to Toronto. He tried to pull off being a Toronto guy. He worked with Brady. Who's a Toronto, pretty much a Toronto guy. Right. Sure. Or Detroit guy. <laughs> and, and and then he didn't have the knowledge or the 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 past history of being from Toronto or being a Toronto Leafs fan or whatever. He's from somewhere else. So well, he's from Calgary, I, never, I think, with uh, Mike Richards. Yeah, and I, I never thought, there's a guy, why do we need a guy from Calgary talking about what it was like, you know, growing up a Toronto Maple Leaf fan when he wasn't? Then he went to Vancouver and I don't know. And now he's not coming back here. That's for sure. And, you know, I didn't think he was that good in the first place. It wasn't for Brady. I think propped him up. 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, did you think he was good? I, I never heard him on his own, but I didn't think he was. That I good. thought that the two together were very good. Yes. Yes, they were. And but it, Brady and would challenge him. Brady would right. say to him, like, you, you know, who was your favorite Leaf growing up or whatever? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> Toronto Sports Radio. <laughs> it was Jerome. 590. His favorite. We do all the Leaf games. His favorite Leaf growing up was Jerome McGinley, I think. That was. <laughs> Andrew Walker, but uh, anyway, he was seemed like a nice gentleman. Yeah. I don't know how I can't remember how old he must be now because it's been a while since I I I know I've seen him. But but uh, he had a good gig there, and uh, apparently I, not. <laughs> it was Wasn't good, good. past tense. But I feel sorry for all these guys because I know what that's like. Like it's just it's just a shitty feeling. Uh, like what does Andrew Walker do next? Right? Like what does he do next? Hold on, we I think he's about, calling me we right said now. Said that about uh, every single sports personality in the last however many years sure and half of and them went into security what's bob mccowan gonna do what's nick kiprios gonna do yeah. what's doug mcclain gonna do right right what's george strombolopoulos gonna do well that's different what's damian cox gonna do right. what's uh, let's list every single what dave randorf gonna do well dave randorf got a job doing the tampa play-by-play let's take everyone that's lost their job in sports media in the last couple of years let's do a where are they now that would be a great episode actually it would. <laughs> and just, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. But Strombo's not a sports guy, so you can remove him from that list. I but think. Strombo, they put him in there as the voice sure the face of Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> and they and he, did a 360 and went back to Ron McLean. That is true. That is true. Thank you. And they Thank realized you, Gary that, that might have been a mistake, and they got rid of Don Cherry. Found an opportunity there. Right. Anyway. Okay, go ahead. Tim Peel was about to retire from the NHL after a lengthy career as a referee when he said something during a game the other night that was picked up by a live microphone near ice level. Peel said that he was going to give an effing penalty to Nashville. And right then and there, the NHL heard an official admitting, premeditated, he was going to call a penalty against the team. And of course, they fired him immediately because let's face it, that goes against the integrity of NHL officials. But we all know that even up calls or makeup calls are a part of hockey, don't we? It's just that nobody admits to it. Well, Peel kind of did to a live mic. He got caught and he's gone. Should he have been fired a month before he was going to retire with full honors and probably some kind of a ceremony? Congratulations, Tim Peel, on a great career. He shouldn't have been fired. Really? What I find ironic here, Mike, bitterly ironic, is that Peel's firing was in fact an even up call by the NHL, (laughs) by the league. After all these years of letting this go and allowing this to happen and being criticized for poor calls, poor judgment, and maybe some officials not being disciplined and others being disciplined too harshly, the league decides, let's fire Tim Peel, makes us look good because the integrity of the game is intact. And yet they don't address the situation, which is, this has been a problem way before Tim Peel. How does, a, how does an official call eight penalties on this team and none on this team? And at the same time, how does a, an official, let's say it's a 4 nothing game in favor of Washington over the Rangers. Let's say Washington had clobbered the Rangers the night before. And this game is going to get out of hand if Washington scores any more goals. And the official says, I need to slow this game down. I need to call a couple penalties on Washington. They're not going to lose the game but I got to stop this or because the next scuffle is going to be a major fight. There's going to be serious repercussions. So the referee has a feel for the game and he says, man, next hit that happens, it's going to be a brawl. And he calls a penalty on Washington. 
It's a ticky-tack penalty, but he has to call it for the flow of the game. I'm okay with that, Mike. I'm okay if the referee is trying to manage a game and doesn't feel that this particular call is going to affect the outcome of a game. I'm okay. It's not the greatest thing, but it's been going on for a long time. Mm. And, and it probably happens in basketball too, maybe not as much. Mm. If a ref admits that he blew the call and then says, I'm going to eat in his own mind, I screwed that one up. And then he goes and offers a makeup call. Maybe not immediately, maybe later, maybe at a time of the game where it doesn't mean as much. I don't know. But Tim Peel got caught. He got fired. He shouldn't have been fired. He should have been suspended, reprimanded. But come on, you're a month away from your last NHL game. And I think the league overreacted here. And I think they're covering up for their own problems. They need to support the officials. And in this case here, all right, he's been around for a long time. Every coach you talk to has respect for Tim Peel. Every single player, except for some of the new guys who bitch and complain about every ref, has nothing but respect for Tim Peel. But the National Hockey League, his employers don't have respect for him. That's a shame. Ebsy, the two words you use that we have to amplify here is uh, got caught. Like, it's one thing to say we know this happens, but he basically gave him the smoking gun. Like, like what's the NHL supposed to do? Like, I think this is, like the, him. This is like the third rail. Like, no. The integrity of the officiating. Do you think people are going, oh my God, I can't believe that officials have actually, you know, said that he was going to call a penalty. Come on. I was not shocked at all he was fired because I think that is a, like a third rail when it comes to officiating. No. Regardless of where you are in your career, I think that's a third rail. Like to say it out loud and to get caught saying, I'm going to give a penalty to this team, like regardless of whether it's, right. you know, earned or deserved. Even though you can say, and I understand your point, like this has been going on forever. This is, you know, we all know, but the makeup call, whatever. We have the smoking gun. He's gone. This is black me, and white part of the game. Let part me of the give gig. you an example. Let's say I'm an umpire. I'm a home plate umpire. And you come to the plate and you've been chirping me the whole game. The whole game. You've been arguing every call. You've been looking at me, making me look bad. And I say to you, you better get in there and swing because every pitch is going to be a strike. And you, and you strike out on a pitch way above your head and you go back and you say, you know what, this, um, it was premeditated. He wanted to call me out. He wanted to get me out of the game or something to that effect. That happens, right? Sure. And so is major league baseball going to suspend the ump or fire the ump? For I mean, suggesting that he was going to call a strike on the well, guy, no matter where the pitch was. Can I, can I, if I may, uh, let's say a hot mic catches this umpire saying that sentence. He's right. gone too. I don't think so. He gets suspended. He gets a warning. You don't just fire a guy unless he's multiple offender. Multiple. It's done this many times. We've warned you. That's it. One, two, three strikes you're out. Anyway, that's my opinion on the Tim sure. Peel thing. We love your. your he was uh, going to retire in a month anyway. Yeah. The NHL just said, you're gone. Goodbye. Now, the NHL does not have a great history of handling their referees a certain way. Not that the referees haven't done certain things that might be nefarious. But I remember the red story story when he was an official and Clarence Campbell had criticized him to the media. He said he froze on two calls and should have called penalties in a playoff game, which he didn't. And red story quit the next day. He basically gave them a big F you. If my employers isn't going to back me, doesn't have my back, then I can't work for this employer. Mike, did your boss have your back? Did Andy Van Helleman's bosses at the NHL have his back? 
when he was criticized roundly for blowing a call in the Rangers yeah. final and basically was, was fired for that? Come on. Got to have the guy. If my boss doesn't have my back, I can't work for him. So. All right. <laughs> the other night, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks played in his 1,000th NHL game. Wow. It's got a nice ring to it. 1,000 games. Yeah. You played 1,000 games. And naturally, they made a big deal. The players came out and all wore Patrick Kane jerseys during the warm-up. It was lovely. And I thought, 1,000 games. Well, I seem to think that every year, there's like five, six, eight guys that pass the 1,000-game milestone. Happens a lot. <laughs> NBA, I don't see it that often. They play the same number of games. But I don't see it. But in the NHL, four lines, you could be a fourth line player right. and play a thousand games, right? You play nine minutes a night, 12 minutes a night and have a nice long career. And then suddenly it's like, hey, we've got a stick for you. We've got a ceremony for you. You got a trip around the world with your family because you played a thousand games. And I'm thinking a thousand games is nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. Everyone's played a thousand games in the NHL. So I decided to do some research. So, Mike, you okay. tell me. The NHL and the NBA have the same number of games in a season, right. 82. Major League Baseball has twice as many, yeah. almost 162. Sure. So for every NHL player that played 1,000 games, for every NBA player that played 1,000 games, for every Major League Baseball player that played 2,000 games, <clears throat> which sport is the easiest to reach that milestone? I'm going to say it's uh, because of, I'm going to say it's hockey. Easily. How many players do you think have played 1,000 oh. NHL games? Yeah. By the way, five, five players this year have already reached the 1,000-game plateau. I, Hebsey, I don't even take know. A, Mike, uh, okay. take a wild guess. 150. There have been thousands of players. Oh, yeah. How many have played 1,000 games? 150. 353. Oh, wow. Yeah. If I were to list some of the players, some of the fourth line slogs right. <laughs> that played a thousand NHL games and at the same time named some fantastic players, wonderfully talented players sure. who didn't play a thousand games, oh. right? You would be shocked. You would. That second list sounds intriguing. Like, I, I know Lindros, for example, had injury concerns and never hit a thousand games. But Bobby Orr played 645. Wow. Games. So... You played a thousand game. That's great. That equals about 12, a little over 12 seasons. If you played every game, but right. 12, seasons. how right. many NHL players have played 12 seasons? Lots, Lots. tons. Yeah. So the NHL has 353 players that have reached a thousand. The NBA, 145. There you go. And every one of them, a damn good player. Damn good. Player. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes, no sometimes they only play eight guys. So like sometimes they shorten that bench and eight guys get on yeah. the court. <laughs> there you go. But in the NHL, you could play five minutes a game as a fourth-line player and play 1,000 games. Yeah. And Major League Baseball, 2,000 games, 245 players. Mm. The next will be Edwin Encarnacion if he gets a job. Right. He's only 40 games away oh. from 2,000 in his Major League career. He's wow. the closest. Wow. Wow. So hockey is the easiest. So should we be making a big deal of a thousandth game? <laughs> no, come on. But it's a nice round number. You know, and it's only been achieved by 353 <laughs> previous guys. But, and, you know, I said the other night, Patrick Kane has joined the likes of such luminaries as Mike Knubel <laughs> reaching the 1,000 game plateau. Ian LaPerriere. Wow. 
1,000 game plateau. So when the time comes where you're comparing great players, are you going to put Mike Knubel <laughs> and Ian LaPerriere right. in the same category as Patrick Kane? No. No. And, that, hey, and that's my rant. I got a dumb that's question, it. though. When you count no. pl- games, are you counting playoff games? No, just regular season games. So don't you think that's in stupid? Case, don't you think they should include playoff games? Nah. Like, think of how many games they, Kane has played. It's a separate category in, in oh, every... I feel like it should count. Like, it's... Uh, and here's why. What, yeah. if a, what if you have a great player who just, for some reason, never his team never made it to the playoffs? Right. Sure. All those games never got it in the playoffs. Well, you know, sucks does, to does that you. make him less of a player because his team didn't make the playoffs? Not always. No. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess if I would have gone back and combined, you know, well, think about how many playoff games, total do you think? number of games, including playoffs. Cause Kane's got three rings, right? Like there's a lot of playoff games under that man's belt. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And I don't know how many playoff games Mike Knubel or Ian LaPerriere played, comparatively speaking, but you're right. Okay. Before we go, yeah. 91-year-old Rick Azar passed away uh, yesterday. Rick Azar was part of the big three Buffalo sportscasters, me growing up. Rick Azar was on Channel 7, WKBW Eyewitness Sports. His counterpart on Channel 2 was Ed Kilgore. Right. Now, Ed came a little later. Rick was there from like the late 50s. I think Ed came in the 60s, maybe the early 70s. I don't know. And there was Van Miller at WIVB-TV. Right. And you got other guys like Chuck Healy, Clip Smith, um, guys like that. that I, I Stu Boyer. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, uh, Dick Reifenberg back in the day. These were the Buffalo sports. These were where I learned my American sports from these guys. Not from the guys on CBC or CFTO here in Toronto, but from the American sportscasters out of Buffalo, New York. Rick Azar was one of the best. Met him several times. Had him on my radio show in the 80s wow. many times. Because anytime there was stuff to talk, the Bills or the Sabres yeah. or the Buffalo Braves back then, right. Rick Azar was available. Eyewitness sports, baby. Five minutes of dynamite. Wow. He was great. And I think so rest Pat- in peace, Rick Azar. Rest in peace, Rick Azar. And I think uh, Patrick Kane's from Buffalo, right? He sure is. So it all comes together. Love to Nicely Buffalo. Done. Wrapped it up with a bow. That's it for episode 225 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike, as always, for production, inspiration, sometimes aggravation, <laughs> but not too often. And check out the Toronto Mike podcast. It's a beauty. He's had some great guests lately. Uh, I got some back. I got some listening to do this weekend. I got to catch up on some Oh, of the and thank you the for Carol Pope yeah. broadcast. I was going to ask you, where did you take the pic- picture of Carol Pope with Nash the Slash? Where is that photo? Where from? did I take that picture? I, that's just off of Queen Street. East, no, west of Bathurst. Amazing, because we do talk about that in the Carol Pope episode. Uh, Very cool. Uh, Thanks for allowing us into your headspace back with another exciting episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.